goodness, it's a big day. I'm so excited. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Y'all, welcome back to Confessions of a High Strung Woman. Um, my name's Abby Walker. And today, we get to talk about something insanely cool for us as a couple and as a family. We get to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs going to Super Bowl 54 and winning the damn thing. Winning it. Sitting here with me today is my husband, Mr. Peter Ryan Petkoff. Say hello. Hey, y'all. I'm so pumped because after a great deal of debate and deliberation and trying really hard, I finally convinced him to come on here. Um, Ryan is not the person to take the microphone or to talk about himself or anything like that. I usually do that for you and for us. I'm like, hey, y'all listen, this is what's happening, obviously. Um, but we had one of the most amazing like, experiences of our life just a few short months ago before everything got crazy with COVID-19. And it's such a place of joy to us that I was like, people need, they, we all need some joy. So we're gonna, we're gonna share the story. Um, but to give everybody a little bit of background, um, why don't you just let everybody know, kind of tell them a little bit about young, young Peter Ryan and, and your, uh, fascination slash obsession with sports. Yeah. So I, for as long as I can remember, like sports was a huge part of my life. I, I just remember, I don't know if it's five, six, seven years old. It was just all consuming to me. And I was never like very good at sports, uh, but you looked the part. I was okay. Yeah, absolutely. Had the like gear. I had all the gear. I could pose with the best of them, but <laughs> I I wasn't like an elite athlete by any by any means. But I loved it. And I loved everything about what sports represents. Like it brings people together. Mm-hmm. There's great storylines. It's people pushing the limits. All that stuff. So. I mean, for as long as I can remember, sports was a huge part of my life. I just assumed that it would be something that I would just be a fan of. And I never thought that I'd get to be working in sports. Mm. So uh, we went, I went to Texas A&M. Ryan went to the University of Texas. Hook em. Or TU, as we call it, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what did you study at Texas? I studied journalism. I, I ran the newspaper there for a couple of semesters and uh, thought I would work for a newspaper. Yeah. Did you? No. Nobody <laughs> Nobody would hire me. I, I don't know why, but yeah. All right. I, I'm glad it didn't work out. So you graduate from college. You're trying to figure out what to do next. It's, it's the familiar story for all of us. We move home and we're like, you know, all right. Rubber hits the road. Like, gotta gotta earn some dollars. Tell us a little bit about your process to how you ended up with the hunts. So... I started a marketing consulting company. I had one client and on the same day that I was going to be uh, fired <laughs> by that client because they were losing money and you know, it just wasn't working out. I got an email from the former VP of public affairs at the university of Texas asking me if I'd be interested in interviewing for a job for one of the owners of the Kansas city chiefs. And I didn't know the Hunt family. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about Kansas City. But as someone who was soon to be unemployed, I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I interviewed and it uh, it worked out in terms of, you know, I got hired to do 
kind of a smaller role, help with communications, help with some speech writing and, and kind of serve as a traveling assistant. And then over the years, it kind of evolved into kind of the more executive role that it's in now. So um, I want to come back to this, but just for clarification, because I, I get a lot of questions from people. And unfortunately, even as your wife, I don't always get your title right. Could you give us your official title? It sounds a little whatever, but it's Senior Vice President of Brand Development and Communications for Hunt Sports Group. And essentially what that means is I help the Hunt family sports teams with their brands. And I also serve as kind of a chief of staff role for Clark Hunt, who's the chairman and CEO. So the Hunt family uh, has always been involved in sports um, and, and you, you started with them. Tell me about your first time in Arrowhead stadium, that first football game in Arrowhead. Cause you, you said yourself, you came back from, you came from the background of like, grew up in Texas, probably knew about the Cowboys. I know that you were like Mr. Sports. This guy you have to know is like, you can poke him and sports stats and information come out of him. He's just sort of a walking Sometimes what his wife would say, useless encyclopedia, <laughs> but um, he his ability to know and memorize all that kind of stuff is really amazing. But it translated, I'm sure, to a very different different uh, realm when you were able to step on that field for the first time in Arrowhead. Yeah, no, definitely. And the first time I was in Arrowhead, they hadn't even played the season yet. It, mm. was, it was for meetings because in the old Arrowhead Stadium, the executive offices were in the actual stadium. And so... Uh, I just remember walking into that building and just kind of being a little numb because it was so cool. Mm. You know, there's so much history in that building and Arrowhead is one of those iconic stadiums like Lambeau Field or, um, you know, I really, it's those two. And so that was, it was unbelievable. I remember calling my brother and being like, dude, I'm in Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> this is really, this is really cool. Um, tell us a little bit about the first game that you, when, one of the things, if you're not familiar about Arrowhead Stadium is the atmosphere, the fans, the traditions, the, like, it's like a heritage is yeah. so insanely powerful. And if you've never experienced that before, when you go in, people go for the first time and they talk about it forever. So tell us about yeah. yours. Arrowhead is, in my very biased opinion, the greatest outdoor stadium in the NFL. And my first game was 49ers Chiefs. No way. It was Yeah, it was a week three of 2006. And uh, I remember it was like 41 to zero or something. Dante <laughs> Hall returned a punt for a touchdown. And it was unbelievable. And the thing about Arrowhead is the fans. It's not about anything else but the fans. And and the stadium itself represents that. The tailgating outside represents that. And and that's really an extension of Lamar and Clark and the Hunt family. Like mm-hmm. they see the Chiefs as a team that belongs to the fans and they've made it about it. So I just remember the noise, the electricity of the stadium, and it's only gotten better. Mm-hmm. So when you took over, uh, there was a transition point between Lamar, who could you give us a little background on Lamar and then Clark taking over? Yeah. So Lamar is the founding father of American sports. I mean, he he started the American Football League, which created the modern era of the NFL. Hmm. He named the Super Bowl. The merger from his league in the NFL created the Super Bowl. Uh, he also started professional tennis in this country, professional soccer in this country. He's 
just a, a legendary sports pioneer. And I was blessed to work with him for 11 months. And uh, Clark, his son, who's my my boss, is uh, just an unbelievable guy, man of integrity. Hmm. Um, just I couldn't ask for a better situation. And, you know, I, I just I really am blessed to work for that family. Hmm. So you took over and started, I say Clark took over and you were working really closely with Clark after his father passed and uh, kind of a whirlwind. Like I know you've referenced one of your first tasks was helping to um, kind of coordinate these massive memorials and places of honoring Lamar. Um, and then also at the same time, moving to transition and set Clark up to act as the new, you know, kind of operating owner on behalf of the family. And so you were how old? I think I was 24, 25, somewhere in there. So it wasn't short after this that Ryan and I actually reconnected. And um, in typical fabulous Abby Walker fashion, fashion, he's telling me like, yeah, I work in sports and this and this. And I am from a music artistic like churchy background football was was not anywhere in there and so he's like I, you know i work for the hunt family and i was like oh like the ketchup people <laughs> <laughs> needless to say that is not what he was going for in terms yeah. of of trying to impress this girl a little bit he was working really hard really long hours and um the you guys were very focused on um you had a goal in mind from very early on when you and Clark started working together, which was? Well, so Clark has been great and very clear about his goals. And really with the Chiefs, it comes down to two, consistently compete for championships Mm -hmm. and have a fan experience that's the best in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And it took us a long time to get to the place where we are consistently competing for championships, but it's definitely a a clear vision that he had from day one. And I, I've, I've been proud to be just a small part of trying to execute that. Hmm. So from people on the outside, they look at it and think, Oh, you know, um, that's a very glamorous, you know, glamorous <laughs> life. Would, what would, you, how would you describe like the real, like behind the veil day to day working in a football league, especially in the tough years of trying to get back to a championship level? So uh, the hardest thing in the world is to be part of a losing team. And Oh, amen. And fortunately or <laughs> unfortunately, I've had the blessing or the curse to be part of several losing teams. And we had 2 and 14, 4 and 12, 4 oh, and 12. Oh, it was rough at it Christmas. Was, yeah, it was it was tough. And unfortunately, in order to really reset the deck for a football team, you kind of have to go through some of that stuff. Hmm. But what's important is what you do in those moments. And when you mm-hmm. when it's the worst, you need leadership. And I think Clark did a great job. <clears throat> I know that he did of kind of keeping a steady hand and making sure that the vision didn't get altered mm-hmm. when we were terrible. Because the, the tendency is, well, you want to throw everything out and just reset every single time because the pain is strong. Right. But the, the the answer to the pain is not necessarily just doing something else. Hmm. The answer to the pain is like driving through it. Like it's the obstacle is the way in a lot of ways. And, and I think the results have spoken for themselves. Absolutely. Well, and there were, you referenced the, the hard days, the hard years. My introduction to football. So, you know, my background is... <laughs> 
as me and as a woman, I was like, so if it's, if we're not winning, like it's not fun. And why are we doing this? Like from my perspective, I'm like, why are people down on a field dictating how bad or how good my Christmas is <laughs> by the mood? Because it's, it's serious. You'll see it on the news all the time. Like if things aren't working out, people get fired like right before Christmas, right after Christmas. And they're people that you've built relationships with and that you love and you're rooting for. And, um, you know, you're hoping that this is going to be the right combination, but it's, it's like lining up the stars, like finding, you know, finding the perfect combination. But obviously one of the more, if not most important pieces to that equation can be a solid quarterback. And we knew we needed a, a good franchise quarterback. And I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. And then lo and behold, here comes this kid, this, this gunslinger from Texas. Are you taking credit for Mahomes? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But I can remember other guys that we loved and were really great. And I was just like, mm -mm, they just don't have it. It's not, it's not there, but you are ever the believer. I have to hand, hand that to you. Like it runs deep and strong inside of you. Yeah. Because like, that's the best thing about sports Yeah, is when you're on a team, mm -hmm. you believe in the people on your team. And if you don't, it's not worth it. Because, Agreed. Because at the same time, like even if you shudder or you, you waver, like a team is a team mm -hmm. and you, you ride or die with the people on your team. Doesn't matter. Well, that, that is absolutely what I have learned from you. We, we ride or we die depending on, uh, well, it's, it's loyalty first and foremost. And then, you know, the rivalries, like they just run really deep. Like, you know, I was introduced to things like the, the Raiders and the Patriots and the Chargers. And, you know, I, you, I know you're like tightening even as I talk about them because it, no, it runs really deep. We're better than all that. Well, there we go. All right. So let's talk about, we had some really rough years in there. We had lots of critics, lots of people. Clark personally had a lot of critics and we had some really tough moments where yeah. it would have been lots easier to take the player who, you know, had made some bad decisions and wasn't a good representation or a good um, role model. And in those places, one of the things I had talked about and posted in our journey leading up to the Super Bowl was just that I was so proud of how we got there. Yeah. And again, totally like I was really instrumental in this. No, I wasn't. <laughs> no, but you're, you're a huge part of it, right? Because every single family that's involved in the mm. organization lives and dies with what happens. Oh yeah. And they don't, it's even harder because there's only a handful of folks that get to be involved in, in the major decisions. And, and I don't count myself in that group on every decision, but we definitely as a as a crew like live and die it's part of being the team like your family is your mm -hmm. ultimate team yeah and then the team that you work for root for live and die with is the extended family right and so when it comes to the tough stuff or the things that that are really hard like mm -hmm. we're all living it day in and day out and that's uh that's a side of sports that i don't think people really Oh, absolutely. It's not just like, you know, and, and I realize it kind of sounds like a high class problem or whatever, but it's not just football in our house. Like it's, yeah. it is, it is the biggest deal. You know, it's, it's what you work towards. It's what we invest in. It's what we pray about. You know, it's, it affects all those places and it's a really strange 
kind of way of life sometimes. I think that the combination of the sports world and then the music world, because Ryan travels and has written half my songs with me and plays in the band and, you know, gives people what they want on the stage <laughs> on a regular basis. I do it, I can. Um, it's, so it's a very interesting, you know, combination for us. But, um, okay, so let me get back to this. When did you know that, so we were three years ago, we had Alex Smith as our QB. We head into the draft, which we just wrapped up last weekend, and we draft, and I quote, this young gunslinger from Texas. Tell us a little bit about that process. So, you know, I get asked a lot, when did I know? A lot of people mm. get asked. I, I'd say that I didn't know until the last game of that rookie season for Patrick, like, mm-hmm when he got to start in Denver and just seeing him make these throws and just, I he mean, was wild. Like it, it was, wasn't, I just couldn't even contain myself. And then, but I believed before I knew because mm-hmm. Brett Veach Our general was all over it. Yeah. And Veach was like, this is the guy, whatever we got to do, let's trade whatever we got to trade and let's get there. And to the point of like obsession, like Allison, his wife jokes about it. And she's yeah, like, yeah, he was no, so no. focused. This he, is the guy. He fell in love with the guy and it just shows what foresight he has mm-hmm. as, a, as a player personnel executive. But so I believed then, but I knew in that Denver game that we had something special. And then next season we go to Atlanta and Patrick throws this. I don't know. It's almost seventy yard bomb to Mahomes or to Tyreek Hill, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is as advertised. <laughs> and then every single game after that, he did something that wowed you. Hmm. And we went to Pittsburgh and scored 21 points. It was 21 nothing, hmm. and we had lost to Pittsburgh three years ago, like 41 to seven or something. Just got hmm. embarrassed on national TV, and every single week he started showing something left-handed passes in Denver. Like it didn't take long to realize like this guy is legit. And what I love so much about Patrick's story. So I know we have several, uh, tech alum listening in some, some red Raiders fans, but what's so cool about Patrick's story is that he got drafted and he wrote an incredible letter to the hunt family. Um, could you outline that a little bit? Well, he just he just talked about his process and how he believed in himself and and his capabilities and he was it very wasn't, grateful for the opportunity. There's a fine line between cocky and confident, and he's always towed that line so well. Hmm. He has tremendous confidence, but also tremendous humility, and I think it it shows in how he interacts with people. I think one of the coolest things about him is that one of the things you can just see is that he just so believes in the work and then he believes in the confidence of not like who do we need to be to get this win, but like who we are is enough. And so if you caught some of those clips of him going down the, going down the bench and in the playoff game and he's like, if we're just, what was it he said? Just be ourselves. Let's Mm -hmm. do something special. Do something special. All right. So let's get into the end of last season. Patrick really starts to shine. We're all like, holy crap, this really is happening. Um, I felt like I held my breath most of the time. I was just very nervous because when you come from like, you're, we, the the thing about the (laughs) being a Chiefs fan is like the heart is always there. You are never lacking in the heart or the right attitude or the whatever. But the physics 
weren't always necessarily working out on the field. And I was just like, oh, you know, you're just, you're like, is the shoe going to drop? Like what's going to happen? And, um, we get to the playoffs last season and we're set up perfectly. We get to host the AFC championship for the first time, which was a big part of your, what you and Clark worked specifically towards, right? Yeah. No, I, and I, I'd say all the way back to 2006, 2007, I had a vision of Clark holding the Lamar Hunt trophy in the middle of Arrowhead Stadium. Which had never happened before. Had never happened because the trophy was named in 83, the stadium opened in 72, and the Chiefs had not been to the Super Bowl for 50 years. So 49 mm. years since their last Super Bowl, we're hosting the AFC Championship game. We have Patrick Mahomes. And it's the Lamar we, Hunt Trophy. It's yeah. the Lamar Hunt Trophy. It's it's their dad's name is on the yeah. trophy. Those kids are in the suite watching, praying. And uh, we're better than the team that's on the field. And we have an interception, but for some reason the official didn't tell one of the guys that he was four inches off sides and it's negated and then we lose. W- whatever. But yeah, it was uh, it was a dark moment. It was. Okay, so I want to back up a little bit for us personally because one of the things that we talked about coming into this podcast is I was like, you know, we have Chiefs Kingdom, people who love the Chiefs. And then we had such an outpouring of love and support for people who that we know love us and therefore we're loving the Chiefs like yeah. through the Super Bowl, which is really cool. But um, last fall... No, two falls ago, we were really in a point of transition. We weren't sure totally what was next for us. Um, Trying to figure out, you know, we were in San Antonio at that time. Ryan was still working um, in his job, but in a different capacity. And we just weren't totally sure what was next. And so Christmas came around and I was like, babe, we need to back up, which he loves. Anytime I'm like, we need to throw open the book of our lives. Let's tell people the things. And he's always like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, You know, ride or die. Here we go. So I ended up, um, we purchased, uh, as a Christmas gift for, uh, my side of the family, the draw the circle, the, uh, 40 day prayer challenge, kind of like devotional thing. And the cool thing about that is, is that you get really specific about the things that you're asking the Lord to do impossible places in your life, as well as you gather a circle of people that are your, um, kind of like battle buddies, like people that are, that are also in the arena. And so we started this in uh, January. So before the playoffs started and we were like, you know, we're not sure what's next. Um, and we're at, at that point, like we've got people changing in our fit within our family, people changing jobs. Um, we had two, my sister and sister-in-law were both pregnant. We had a lot of stuff going on. And so lots to pray about. And then lo and behold, I think we were like, I don't know, 15, 20 days into it. Like here come the playoffs and we win the first round against uh, the Colts. And I was super nervous. And I had always just told myself, if we're ever good, like really good for me as your wife, I was like, I'm never going to be able to enjoy it because I'm just going to be like dry heaving in the bathroom. I'm going to be so nervous (laughs) because I think it's almost harder, you know, when it's not... I, I love the Chiefs, but I love you and I love your love for the Chiefs and I love the family and you want this for these other people, but you can literally do nothing, you know, to yeah. make it happen. So we survived that first round and it is, 
I would call it easy. It was it was an easy win um, with the, the Colts compared to where we had been. Yeah, I mean, no easy wins, but yeah. totally. But coming into that, everybody was like, "We always lose to the Colts in right. this round of the playoffs." Yeah, yeah. Historically, yeah. that's what happened. It was a substantial win for and, a lot of reasons. Well, and I'm still waiting for the the shoe to drop and to be like, "Oh, it was just all a dream," you know, it's yeah. just all a dream. So we win and we head into the AFC Championship. We host the Patriots. Um, you and I walk the field before the game and are just, we're just like old school Israelites surrounding, you know, and, and praying for those walls to come down in favor. Which, which is something that I've done almost every year since, Mm -hmm. since really I started. Like I, I do it from the, the beginning of the season. Like I would, I would try to do that at -hmm. least once a year. Which I think is so cool because somebody could look at it and be like, why? Like what spiritual significance does football have or whatever? It's the impact it has on the lives, like the people that yeah, come in there. It's always just about the people. It's not like you can win or lose a game mm-hmm. based on anything. We've lost games based on officials. We've lost games based on Mistakes, guys yeah. fumbling balls that would never fumble. But at the end of the day, like it's about the people that are involved, like mm-hmm. the families, the kids, the what like it's. You, you really get to know mm-hmm. how people live and die with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you're excited when you win is not the W completely. It's it's all of the families yeah. that get to celebrate. It's shared joy. Yeah. You get to really love the people that you work with. And that's the best thing about mm. it. Uh, so we go into that process. And I'm like, I got to tell you, I'm like, we're doing the 48 prayer chat. Like, this is it. We're going to win it. We're going to tell Mark, we're going to write Mark Batterson who wrote the book and be like, oh, guess where we applied your prayer circle? Like we're spiritually, we're spiritually winning, you know? And, um, it came down to what the last, Yeah. we went to overtime. Yeah. So we lose. It's the worst. We have to fly home. It took all of my control. I went from being like a completely unattached, don't know anything about sports football fan to becoming such a diehard that like when I see a Patriots fan in the airport, I'm like, you know, I went to boo them. We fly home. Um, we have to deal with, you know, not. So one of the other crazy things is when you get to that level, all of those teams in those last couple of weeks, what do you start doing? You start planning for the Super Bowl. You start planning for the freaking Super Bowl. The, the league makes you, once you advance to the championship game, you have to kind of formulate a plan. And so you're planning like parades, after parties, like... Not parades yet, but just okay. just like... But the happy where's, things. Where's everybody going to go? Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, you... They make you think about going to the Super Bowl. Which, let's just be honest, that makes the sting of loss like so much worse. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're just like, oh. And so knowing that, even when we came into this next year, I was just like, oh, it's going to be so bad, you know, if we can't win. So we we come out of that season. We're very, you know, one of the things that um, I think is really cool that Batterson talks about in that book is that our prayers are like spiritual contracts. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know, you know, what's going to become of any of this, whatever. So we, we, you transition into a new position. We end up selling our house in San Antonio. The Lord totally guides and provides on, you know, that direction of our life. And we head into this last season. And, um, 
we're like, this is it. Like it's everybody's picking us to go to the Super Bowl. Everybody's picking us to win the Super Bowl. And so talk to us a little bit about um, this. Well, talk to us about training camp and when Clark talked to the players and then kind of take us through the season. Well, so, I, you know, every year Clark talks to the players and kind of just lays out like who we are as an organization mm-hmm. and like what what we're about. And I think it's a really important thing to come from the owner to say, look, this is more than just football. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the character of the organization. This is the mission of the organization. And a lot of that is, you know, it's more than just what you do on the field. We expect you to be involved in the community and to give back because we don't get to do anything without the fans. And mm-hmm. that message is pretty clear. But he he also was like, look, we have an opportunity to do something special here. Mm-hmm. And, you know... My goal is to win the trophy that has my dad's name on it and then go to Miami and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was two steps. The first was, first we're going to win yeah. Lamar Hunt and then we're going to go win the Super Bowl. And I remember when you told me that, I was like, that's really badass and that makes me really nervous. Like it was both, it was very like throwing down the gauntlet, yeah. but the players totally responded to it. It was a very powerful moment. By the way, if you hear like a high-pitched whine in the background, that would be Bear, our dog, who is protesting being put in his kennel because he cannot be trusted to not bark at squirrels while we're trying to record a podcast. (laughs) Okay, so we get into the season. Things are rolling along. They're going well, but not perfectly. I would say not as um, easily maybe even as last year. And then we hit the game where Mahomes gets hurt. Yeah, so we're in Denver. Patrick, fourth and one. Quarterback sneak gets his knee dislocated, and uh, yeah, everybody thinks the worst, but he's Mahomes. So, but it was so bad. I mean, we were all just like, yeah, it's done. But you know, looking back on it, I think that that undervalues the rest of the team, mm-hmm. and, and I, I've thought that a lot. Like, what happened in the three weeks that he was gone, or the four weeks that he was gone? The defense really came into their own. Oh, it was so awesome. And they stepped up and we really became this team. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just an offense. It wasn't just Patrick. It wasn't just whatever. And I I think it was necessary for us to get to where we got. I totally, totally agree. I can remember. I mean, in the middle of those weeks, we were like, we don't know if he's coming back. We don't know if he's going to be the same. We don't know. Like the the longer that I have been involved in your world of sports and football, the more convinced I am that to even get to the Super Bowl is like the stars aligning. You have to yeah. avoid injuries. You have to avoid penalties. You got to. I mean, there's just so much that can go wrong, which makes the experience that much honestly, like you know, that much more special. And so, in those four or five weeks, the defense like came roaring out, had established their own identity, and it was really, really awesome to watch. And I think that, to me, really balanced the team because when you have somebody like Mahomes, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, he'll work it out. Like, it's cool, you know, whatever. Which we can all do in all of our lives. We can be like, oh, you know, this is how it is. So Mahomes comes back. We work it out. We finally get to the playoffs, and it's not perfect. Talk to us a little about everything that had to happen. Yeah, so we trailed in every single game in the playoffs. Um, Are they just trying to kill me? We were the number two seed. We started with the Texans, and we got down like 24-0. And I remember sitting in the suite thinking... Yeah, talk about your emotional state right then. I was just... 
numb. Like I just remember being like, well, F, this is going to happen again. <laughs> and I, I'm embarrassed by that now oh, because yeah. I, I should have believed in my team, but I, I actually, I, I had some, I had some strong concerns. Um, but those guys fought like they came back the the chip that was on their shoulder from losing the AFC championship game the way they did really had a dramatic impact on the whole run. Absolutely. And they weren't going to be denied. Mm -hmm. And so they believed and they believed not just because of Patrick, um, but because of who they are like mm -hmm. at the core, this is a team that overcomes and, I don't know. I'm just really proud to be associated with that. Well, when we were down 21 to nothing, we're sitting by each other, you know, in the suite. And um, just we're just, I mean, the, the suite is silent. Like, we're just all in shock of, like, what is even happening? What are, nobody will look each other in the eye. Like, it's just very, and we score. And then we score again. And I remember, because Ryan is, I would call you like very demonstrative at games. <laughs> He's the guy in the suit, like shouting and jumping and doing the stuff, which I love. Um, but you, you didn't even get up out of your seat. Like you were just like, this is not, this is not okay. This is yeah. not okay. Um, and it, they came, so we went, we got down very fast, but we came back very fast and it was it was such an amazing experience and they you know the chiefs to be fair they were like so this is what we're gonna do now we're gonna let you know let them yeah. run up the score and then we're gonna be like yeah just kidding we'll play now you know yeah what was great about that and across the board is that they were able to right so many wrongs that had been done to chiefs fans over the years mm. because they didn't carry the weight of the past that hmm. team, they're they're so much younger than most of the fans that have all of this history. And the Chiefs, unfortunately, yeah. have a lot of kind of doom and gloom moments from years past. But this team didn't carry that. And hmm. by coming back the way that they did, they righted so many of those wrongs. Mm -hmm. And they showed that who you were is not who you are. Hmm. And I, I thought that was the best thing about the playoff run. And it was a real turning point, I think, even in the brand and people's identification was it, it, that's something we can all struggle. If you have a storied and um, great heritage or past or whatever, there's a point where that can even like weigh you down and you can be like, yeah. I this is my life is about the past. My life is not about the future. And I think you're so right. Like those young guys, like Kelsey, I mean, my dad, bless his heart, can't ever get his name right. Calls him Kelso, loves him, <laughs> this is, you know, but, um, Mahomes and, and even you go down the list, like they, they have such a swagger, but it's not an obnoxious swagger. It's just like, we got this, we're going to put in the work. And then like, we trust ourselves. I have to say, as someone who grew up in San Antonio, it feels kind of like the Spurs. Yeah. Because they play for the team. And yeah. you are a diehard Spurs fan. Absolutely. I mean, like, David Robinson was your idol, you know, growing oh, up. absolutely. And, <laughs> and things like that. But that's, I think that's one of the things that's really, really cool to me. This is going back to the, um, 
the how you win. Lots of people can win things. No, I take that back. Not a lot of people win, but you can win a lot of different ways. But the way that you win and the way is comes down to the way that you live, you know, and the way that you play. Yeah. And there were lots of moments and lots of points where you guys made really hard decisions as an organization um, that people didn't understand or know the full story behind. And that's going to happen in our lives too. I think that, you know, you, your legacy is built up by how you live, not just like the trophies, you know, you rack up on the wall. So, um, we're going to stop this first half. This is kind of the backstory to the Super Bowl, And then we're going to start the next section, um, here in a second with kind of like the full Super Bowl experience. But is there anything else you want to, you want to say? No. No, you're good. You're like, I'm, good. I'm using all of my words for the yeah. whole week. <laughs> I've talked a lot. <laughs> well, we so appreciate you guys listening in and we will be back talking a little bit more about what it's like to go, not just go to the Super Bowl, but to go to the Super Bowl when you're in the damn Super Bowl, the and, big dance. And win that bitch. And win that bitch. All right. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. All right. We'll be back. We'll be back.